Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hello, everyone. It is good to be back in your earballs. I hope that you had a great week. I had a very hot one. It's like triple digit temperatures every day here in Austin. And I am so over it, but I'm not here to complain. I'm here to provide value and insights. And that's exactly what I've got for you today. And I'm actually really excited for today's content because I think it's, it's super useful. And as I was scripting it out, it was kind of blowing my own mind a little bit. So <laughs> there's that. So here's what I got for you today. It's around the idea of confidence and starting something new. Very often, we want to start something new. We want to move ahead with a goal or a dream, but it feels weird. We worry what people might think. We worry about people judging us, all the things, right? So in full transparency, this is exactly how I used to feel. And in today's podcast, I'm going to share with you my thoughts on how to break through confidence barriers so that you can do what it is you want to do and be who it is you want to be. And that's really the best place to start with getting clear on what you want. Now, I think it's really important to spend a good amount of time really thinking about what you want, irrespective of the fears you have about moving forward with it. Here's what I mean. You want to acknowledge that fear is there and Basically, anything with a yeah, but in front of it is usually where your fear ideas are. And rather than spending time denying that fear or fighting it or anything like that, just accept that it's there. But temporarily, put it aside. Like, put it in an imaginary jar and screw the lid on. Just promise your fear that you won't do anything without it, but you just need a little time in space to think freely. And you're like, probably thinking right now, oh, awesome, Karen. That's just like super helpful. Let me just go ahead and put my fear in a jar and rock on with my bad self. Okay. So yeah, I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but it's actually quite possible. So let me give you a very basic lesson in neuroscience. And for all you neuroscientists out there, you're probably going to roll your eyes. <laughs> but this is how I like to explain the science of fear versus confidence. So your fear center is in the limbic area of your brain. And a big part of that is your amygdala. It is also referred to as your prehistoric brain, your lizard brain, your cavewoman brain. Personally, I like to refer to it as the drama queen of your mind. So before we evolved into the clever modern day humans that we are, this was all we had to work with, and it kept us safe in the jungle. Like, the drama queen had her place. <laughs> but over time, our modern brain evolved around it. So if you think about the limbic brain being like the smaller core center of your brain right on top of your brainstem, and then growing around it over time is the more relevant and modern part of our brain, which includes the prefrontal cortex. So this is our most recent quote-unquote upgrade, and it is also the source of our executive function. So it helps us plan and organize and prioritize and time block all the things that our caveman person didn't really need to worry about because they didn't have iPhones back then. I like to call 
the prefrontal cortex, the smarty pants center of your brain. But here's the rub. That amygdala that I mentioned earlier, our drama queen, she is still alive and well in our brains, right? Like even though we haven't really needed her all that much in the last, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, she's still there. And when we feel fear, she fires up and literally sucks all the energy out of the smarty pants prefrontal cortex part of our brain. She likes to get very dramatic and send signals to the hypothalamus. Now, the hypothalamus is basically the drama queen's yes ma'am person. So whenever the drama queen kind of gets upset and riled up, she'll go running to the hypothalamus screaming, oh my God, there's a 10-minute line at the Starbucks drive through and we are all going to die. And then the hypothalamus is like, oh my God, we're all going to die, gets all fired up and sends our nervous system into fight, flight, or freeze. So now our cortisol levels are jacked up and we have sucked the life out of our smarty pants prefrontal cortex, you know, you know, the logical, rational one. And that's why it's really hard to make rational decisions when we're in fear because the amygdala has taken over the mind and she's a total drama queen and she has turned the lights out on Smarty Pants. So Smarty Pants can't make any decisions. And fear is just running the show. That is why we want to put fear in a jar and put the lid on. So you're probably wondering now, well, how do I control this? Well, the good news is that the same nervous system sequence works in reverse. So if we can calm the nervous system, then we can calm the limbic area of the brain, our drama queen center, and bring our smarty pants brain back online. So how do we do this? You got to get into your body and engage your senses. I'll give you an example. So let's say your amygdala is popping off and your drama queen is running around your head, going crazy, telling the hypothalamus to get everybody all ready because we're going into fight or flight. What do you do? Let's imagine that you're in that position and assuming you're in it like a safe place right now and you're sitting down, if you're not, then just sort of run with it. Close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. Breathe in, one, two, three, hold, one, two, three, breathe out, one, two, three. Breathe in, one, two, three, hold, breathe out, one, two, three. Now, carry that cadence of deep but natural breaths. Now, put your thumb and your pointer finger together or your index finger and just gently rub the, the thumb and finger together so that you can actually feel the ridges of your fingerprints and just feel how that is. Like feel what your fingerprints feel like. Now, I want you to open your ears and find the sound that is closest to you right now. My closest sound is a pug chewing on something that I'm afraid to look at. 
my furthest sound is my husband off in the kitchen making a mess. What do you hear in your ears? The closest sound, the furthest sound. Now, if you're not already doing this, I want you to start breathing in through your nose if that's available to you and pay attention to how the air feels at the tip of your nostrils. Does it feel cool? Does it feel warm? Does it tickle the entrance of your nose as it goes in and goes out? And just take a few more deep breaths there as you listen to the sounds far and near while you feel your thumbs and fingers rubbing together. And now imagine a big ripe lemon in my hand. I'm going to put it on the chopping board and grab a knife. And now I'm cutting through that lemon and you can see the juice flowing out of it. And it's just so juicy. And as I cut it, I slice it into four wedges, four big juicy wedges. And I pick up a wedge and I hand it to you. And you take the wedge in your hand and you see how juicy lemon truly is. And you just can't help yourself but bite into it, the whole wedge, and suck all the juices from it. Can you feel that in your mouth? How does it taste? So I invite you to sit with these sensations, taste, touch, sound, eyes closed. Maybe there's a scent in the room. Maybe there's not. Maybe you can smell the lemon. And just continue to breathe slowly and deeply through your nose if it's available to you. And if not, through your mouth. And when you're ready, open your eyes. How did that feel? Can you imagine how doing that calmed your mind's drama center? Can you imagine for a moment as you feel calmer and more centered and in your body and grounded, and that took less than two minutes, I think, all of a sudden your prefrontal cortex, that area right behind your forehead, feels a little bit more alert. I'm imagining you feel that because I'm feeling that. And I was the one walking you through that whole experience. That, my friend, is mindfulness. And I know when we hear the word mindfulness, we might engage like ideas that just don't resonate. But I don't want you to go there. I want you to understand that what you just did was moving into your body, engaging your senses, and coming out of your mind. And when you do that, you relax the nervous system. The nervous system then relaxes the hypothalamus and it lets your amygdala know. And she goes, oh, you mean I don't need to be dramatic right now? That's great. We're not dying. Awesome. And then she calms down. And when she calms down, she releases the energy in your mind to go back into your prefrontal cortex and your smarty pants is back online and you are in a good place. You are in a good place to actually start thinking 
about what you want because your fear isn't a jar, remember? Okay, so now that you know how to put your fear in a jar, grab a piece of paper and a pen because it is time to start journaling what you want. It's time to put pen to paper and really work through what it is you would do if you had the confidence, if you were able to break through your fears and break through a barrier to your confidence to the point where you were able to do something, even though it's scary, you're able to do it, right? Okay, so let's assume now that you're in a good place and your prefrontal cortex is back online, your fear is in the jar and you are able to just write freely from a place of confidence because we're not actually moving ahead with any of these brainstorming ideas yet. We're just writing it out, getting out of our head. This is what we would do if we were able to jump that barrier into a place of absolute confidence from a place of fear. And I also invite you to split a page in half and on one site write, you know, all the things that you want and what you could do to get it that feels safe. And then another list that feels unsafe because that's a really good way to frame the conversation with yourself that maybe there's a way to move forward with what you want without even activating that amygdala. You can just move forward bit by bit. Maybe it takes you a little bit longer. Maybe you get a little bit more support and help, but there's a million ways to get to what it is you want to do. And this is your opportunity while you're in this very sort of calm, open-minded space to just free write and get it all down on paper. My next recommendation to you is to incorporate your character strengths. Now, character strengths are something that I've talked about in the past, but in case you're hearing about this for the first time, your character strengths are essentially the way that you show up as your very best. The character strengths are based on research out of Penn State University, spearheaded by Martin Seligman and his team. Martin Seligman is known as the father of the positive psychology movement. So basically what they did was look across all of human culture, right? From a political, from a cultural, from a gender, from a geographical perspective. And they boiled down the essence of humanity into 24 character strengths. So these 24 character strengths are strengths that we all have. However, the organization of those strengths are different based on the individual. So for example, we all have love of learning as a strength, but for some of us, that's number 24. And for some of us, like myself, that is number one. That means that I lean on that strength a lot. It doesn't mean that if it's number 24 for you, that you don't have it. You just don't surface it naturally. Same for, let's say, gratitude and hope. That's number two and three in my character strengths. That means that when I'm thinking about things, when I'm in conversation, when I'm planning, when I'm writing down the things that I want, even though they're scary, I'm always looking at them from a place of hope and a place of gratitude. Gratitude for what I already have, knowing that no matter what, I'm going to be taken care of and content and happy because I am so grateful with everything I have in my life already that everything else is just great. And my optimism and hope is really how I look at my future. I'm very future oriented. I'm very optimistic. And I'm always thinking that life is getting better. And because I have that expectation, it, it actually evolves that way for me. But I know that that's not the case for other people. Some folks might have creativity as their top strength or judgment or social intelligence. Whatever your top strengths are, 
you want to look at what it is you really want that fears holding you back from getting and evaluate it through the lens of your top character strengths. So you're probably asking yourself, well, Karen, how do I actually figure out what my top character strengths are? Well, I'll put a, a link in the show notes to the VIA character strengths, or you can just Google it. VIA character strengths, it's based out of University of Pennsylvania. I've mentioned that before. It is totally free to do this assessment. It takes about 20 minutes, and it's a really good way of understanding who you are and how you show up in the world and what feels most natural for you. So like I mentioned, love of learning, gratitude, hope are my top three character strengths. Yours is going to be something entirely different. But when you look at those top character strengths, you can really layer whatever it is that you're afraid of with these strengths, knowing that if I move forward, leveraging these natural strengths that I have at my disposal, then it's going to make things a little bit easier. And I'm going to approach it with a much more natural sense of confidence because I'm using my character strengths. So again, I will leave a note for those character strengths so that you could access it yourself. Take the assessment. It's totally free. And that will give you a sense of how you should show up for whatever it is that you're desiring, but you're too afraid to move forward with. So now you know how to calm your fear center. You know how to get in touch with what it is you want. You've written it down so you know what it is you want. And you now have a tool for approaching whatever it is you want with your top character strengths. What's next? Well, at this point, you just have to do the thing. You can only prepare so much. And I know a lot of us spend a lot of time in preparation because preparation's safe, right? Like we can do character strength assessment all day long, but that's not putting ourselves out there. So at some point, you're not going to build more confidence until you actually start engaging in whatever it is you're doing. And trust me, as long as you are not conducting brain surgery on people without any sort of medical training whatsoever, you can move forward in a way that's safe, in a way that nothing is irreversible, right? Like you can just make small steps, small momentum. And the more momentum that you make, no matter how small it is, it's going to start building that confidence muscle because you're going to experience something and you might think it's going to be super scary and maybe it is, but once you get to the other side of it, it's not as scary anymore. And every time you do that, every time you push past that little fear that used to be like a mountain, but now it's just a hill, you get to the other side and you realize that you can do hard things. And that is how we move forward in life. That's how we grow. That's how we get what we want, no matter how scary it feels. So final thoughts here as I wrap up. Writing this script was a very powerful reminder to me on two levels. Number one, I know a lot more about neuroscience than I keep myself credit for. I mean, I know that was super ridiculous the way I described it, but that's essentially what's happening in your brain. When your fear center starts to pop off, you don't have access to other areas of your brain, like the prefrontal cortex. Now, if you have ADHD and you're already somewhat challenged with accessing your prefrontal cortex, that makes things extra tricky. So it's really important for those of us with ADHD to mind our state. Remember, last week's episode was all about managing your state so that you can keep your prefrontal cortex online. This is another piece of that. I just gave you an example of how you can manage your state and switch your brain into a mode that's actually helpful 
as opposed to harmful. So that's number one. And number two, I am reminded how important it is to manage your mind in order to live an authentic life. When you are willing to be who you are and show up for what you want and not let that limbic drama queen brain take over, you are able to stay in your smarty pants area of the brain where your decisions are better. And guess what? Your confidence actually does live in the prefrontal cortex. And we can manage our minds by grounding our bodies through the techniques that I mentioned earlier. And when I think about what grounds me, these are just what works for me, yoga, meditation, putting my feet in grass, getting a good night's sleep, making sure that I'm not eating too much sugar or drinking too much alcohol, making sure that I'm around people that I feel comfortable with. Because, you know, when we're in a situation where we feel like we need to mask who we are, masking is a big thing for ADHDers, then that automatically puts us into that fight or flight. Because clearly we are afraid of being who we are, right? So if we want to come back to living an authentic life and feel our most comfortable, grounded self, these things are really important. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that was helpful and clear. <laughs> and just a couple of updates from me. I am about 50% way through my program that is going to be starting on September 7th. This is a group training program where I'm going to take you from distraction to action. So if there is something that you were working on right now in your life, but you find that you can't make progress on it or you're stuck, this is something that you would want to bring to this group and work through it together. I mentioned before, this is going to be my first experiment live coaching with this. And I want to do the live component because I want your feedback on the material. But I also know from all of the clients that I've coached, we have a habit of buying programs and then not finishing that. Like raise your hand if you've done that, right? If that's the case, this is going to be different because we are actually going to show up and do things together. And if you don't show up, I'll be looking for you, not in a shameful way, but in a, hey, are you going to join us because you're a part of this group and you mean something and you're important to us and we want your energy here. So if you want that added accountability, if you want that added connection with other ADHDers, then definitely make sure that you are on the waiting list for the registration. It's going to come out mid next month. So registration opens mid August for September start date, September 7th. I believe it is. And I'm thrilled to do this because it's just going to be so good. And I've never seen anything out there like it. Anyway, that's all I got for you. I appreciate you listening. I love you guys. Come find me on YouTube because we're having great conversations over there. Come find me on Instagram. But that's where you like to hang out. It's just Kara McGill, my name. And I will see you there. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.